You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Inside the Monster. This is a special series preview here for Red Sox Cubs, a series that does not happen that often. It should happen way more often. This is presented by Odyssey. My name is Steve Peralt. His name is Joey Capone. Hello. And we are joined today by Paul from Fly the W podcast. Paul, yeah. it, it, I, want, I want the full breakdown, Paul. Introduce yourself. What, what's your preferred name? I want the whole background. <laughs> Go. The floor is yours. Anyone that knows me, uh, Cub fan wise, knows me as Crawley from Crawley. At, there we yeah, go. All right. At, at Crawley's Cubs, I've uh, been a uh, Cub fan for 40 years, season ticket holder for close to 25 years. Uh, I actually presented Miguel Montero, his World Series ring on the field for that special occasion. So I'm just a Wrigley Cubs junkie, memorabilia collector. Just absolutely love everything. Live and die with this team, even though I shouldn't. <laughs> I will never call you Paul again. It's Crawley from now on, moving forward. I knew I was like, ah, I'm pretty sure it's Crawley, but we're going to stick with the official name to start here. Uh, so we have a big series coming up here. A big series. I, I obviously say that more because of the history of the teams and the parks. And it kills me. And I got to ask you, Crawley, first off, why don't the Red Sox and Cubs play more often? Doesn't it feel like this should happen this should be like a home and home like every other year, right? Absolutely. I mean, when you're talking about the two oldest ballparks in MLB with uh, Fenway and Wrigley, two passionate fan bases. I mean, this is kind of a good marquee matchup that you would think that MLB would want to showcase more often. Yeah, I I'm just I'm kind of stunned that it's not something that happens frequently. Joey and I, we had the plan to get to Wrigley. We were going to get there yeah. and then we kind of picked the all-star week over <laughs> Red Sox Cubs. It, it is what it is, but ideally, and, and I, I think from the, the, uh, what I hear, it's going to be interleague series moving forward now with every team. Is that true? Yeah, that's what that, that was from the last CBA that they bargained. So we may be seeing a lot more of each other. And, uh, I'm mad that I didn't go the last, uh, what was it? I think it was 2017. They were in Fenway. Last time the yeah. Cubs went to Fenway and I was mad that I just something was happening and I just absolutely could not make it. But I've never been to Fenway and it's been a dream of mine to go over there. I went to that 
that series and saw Arietta bring a no hitter into the eighth inning. And I'm like, I, as that's going on, I'm like, do I want this? I've always wanted to see a no hitter, but you don't want to see your team get no hit. I remember going to Wrigley for the first time in 05 and almost saw Carlos Zambrano throw a no hitter. And I'm like, I don't know what it is with the Cubs, but you guys are always flirting with no nos over there. Have you ever come close to seeing a no no or, or? Yeah. At one yeah. time I was really close. It was probably one of the most amazing non postseason games I went to. Uh, this I want to say it was 2010, and the Chicago Blackhawks just won their first Stanley Cup when they went on that run, and uh, it was a really cool moment because they came out from under the bleachers with the cup, and it was Cubs versus White Sox, which is uh, the crosstown team that we face uh, often, and everybody was on all the teams. They took a big picture with the cup on the pitcher's mound, and then the next thing you know, I, it was almost a dual no hitter. Uh, uh, God, it was Gavin Floyd, I want to say, and it was Ted Lilly for the Cubs. And the Cubs got a run and a hit, their first hit, and they got a run in the seventh inning. And so that ended their no-hitter in the seventh, and ours went into the top of the ninth. And uh, former Cub Juan Pierre had a single, so that was it. So I that and I almost went – I had tickets and I couldn't make it. It was a no-hitter that Carlos Zambrano threw here in Milwaukee, which was a home game for mm. Houston. They had a huge hurricane and they, they were right. waiting last minute and then they moved it. I mean, all the poor, you know, Astros were so tired. They were waiting all night and had to fly and couldn't lift a bat and we took advantage. So, hey, what are you going to do? How do we feel, Joey? I, I, I don't know if we've talked about this before on the podcast. Mm -hmm. How do we feel about the combined no-nos? I know, well, the Yankees getting a combined no-hitter thrown against them. I'm like, all right, it's perfectly fine. It's a normal no-no. That counts. Any mm -hmm. other team... I'm like, eh, I don't know if it really does much for me. No, I guess it's cool enough, but I mean, there's no one guy to celebrate. You know, there's just no hero of the night, which I think is kind of the whole point of a no-hitter, right? It's not the fact that you kept the other team from not yeah. getting a hit. It's the fact that one guy was able to do it, you know, was I able think to go. That, yeah, a big part of it is that guy's on the graphic, and then it's mm. like the team hugging him, and it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. you made it the whole way without giving up any hits. But if I was in person, I mean, technically, I saw the Red Sox get no hit this year in, in Tampa. It was nine innings. They had no hits, and then they it went to extras because it was 0-0. Zero, zero. That was one of the weirdest baseball things I think I've ever seen. But, uh, but anyway, no more no-hitter talk. We are going to talk Red Sox-Cubs. This series coming up here. And Carly, we're leaning on you for for the Cubs updates. I kind of want just the state of Cubs fans right now. Just the vibes at Wrigley. Understandable, you guys traded a lot of your studs from that World Series run last deadline. First off, how was that for you? I, I genuinely want to know from a Cubs fan standpoint, how was that seeing Rizzo and KB and those guys get dealt? Obviously, that was very painful. I was at the game before it all started. We call it Blue Friday. It was a massacre. It was within yeah. 24 hours. I think Rizzo was first, then Baez, and then Bryant. And we all knew that they were all coming up, that this was it. We figured they would extend one of the three. And so there was just always a debate. Who we keep? Are we going to keep Javi? Are we going to keep Rizzo? Are we going to keep Bryant? Who do we want? And then in the end, it turned out we got none of them. So we traded, uh, I think there was eight trades in the two weeks up to the trade deadline, pretty much gutted the team. The returns were very good. And obviously nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear about lottery tickets and prospects and all that stuff. But the Cubs farm system needed an infusion of talent. They have it, whether that pans out. I don't know. I mean, obviously we still love Rizzo, uh, caught the final out. He, he was there 
during the dark period, during the rebuild, and 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 caught the final out in the World Series. So he's not only that; he's a great guy, just a great guy. He does a lot for the community. Uh, we have Lurie's Children Hospital, so he would visit cancer patients without the fanfare. Didn't have all the camera. He would just go all the time, just kind of on his own. Uh, yeah. You guys know from uh, John Lester and Anthony Rizzo, both former Red Sox, that they had that connection to the cancer community. They both dealt with cancer in their own way. So uh, it, it was tough. And so, you know, we're going through a rebuild right now. And it's not easy that the, the Cubs organization is asking us to do a second rebuild within 10 years. Um, you, The Cubs have the highest ticket price of any of the fan base. And you guys know as well, it always is Cubs – Red Sox, Yankees, some combination of the three, who's paying mm-hmm. the most. But yeah. at least you guys get to see a quality product on the field. I'm paying the highest ticket prices in baseball to watch a AAA team. Yeah. And, th- and that's mm-hmm. where we're kind of frustrated right now is, is that as a major market team, we should not be 15th in payroll. And they keep telling us, well, when the time is right, we'll pay. It's like, well, okay, what does that do for me now? I'm still paying $13 for a Bud Light. Yeah, that's very true i know from these guys getting dealt and and you noticed behind me the nomar jersey immediately and that that's just that's a true cubs fan because those are cubs colors a lot of people would see that jersey and think ah that maybe that's no those are cubs colors that's the the red that's the blue and i know i've given you the story about that and i talked about it on our podcast before of buying it you know to stick with nomar when they traded him and all that how do you feel about Javi and KB and Rizzo, how do you feel when you're seeing them do big things elsewhere? And I, I, I know with the Tigers, it's not there's only so many big things you can do. But really talking about Rizzo with the Yankees run right now, is it like, yeah, that's our guy, or is it more he should still be here? Uh, you know, you're you're happy for him. You you know, there's no better place for Rizzo to play than Yankee Stadium. That short yeah. porch is literally made for a guy like Rizzo. So. You, I'm never going to boo them, even when they show up here. You know, I hope they go 0 for 5, but I'm never going to boo any of those guys. Uh, I got to see a World Series. I got to hug my dad. Stuff that, you know, when you're talking about 108-year drought, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. There's no way all of those guys will forever be in my heart special players. So do I get frustrated? I mean, not really. I I think Rizzo should have retired a Cub. That's the one that really kind of gets to you more than anything. Um, But... We're doing the best that we can. We have a lot of talent in the minor leagues, but you know we're we're acting like the Oakland A's right now and not the major market team. That's where we get frustrated. It's we have we have great talent in single, high and low single A, some good talent in double A, but that's you know three four years away. Yeah, that part of it's that it's just not fun as a fan. And I think for Sox fans, we don't really go through that that much. We have some bad seasons, but they're never really full rebuilds because by the next year they probably paid for somebody to to come here a big free agent so it it rarely happens that it's a long-term rebuild but one thing i did want to ask because i find a way to get nomar into every single show i know you had said before we started recording that you were at nomar's debut for the cubs and i'm curious just what that vibe was like i know i cried for days when they traded him and obviously it was a little weird seeing them in a Cubs uniform, as I'm sure it's similar for you, seeing Rizzo and Yankees and Baez and Tigers and on and on you go. What was that like, Nomar's debut at Wrigley Field? Absolutely electric. It was, you know, we knew him as a superstar. We didn't know him that well, obviously being in the American League, but obviously seeing him in all-star games and and just as baseball fans. So there was, there was a definitely an awesome vibe. Um, 
came close to the World Series. You guys remember 2003, the A's, LC. I mean, think about MLB. They almost had a Cubs versus Red Sox World Series to end a drought. And instead, they got the Marlins versus the Yankees. And it so, just kind of ended in six, and it was like, whatever. <laughs> that that World Series, you could ask me what happened. All I remember is Beckett, Tag, and Posada. I have no idea what else happened in that World Series. I, I, it drives me nuts because that was 2003 is probably one of the best Cubs teams I ever saw. But, you know, yeah. 2004, we had a lot of injuries and, and, and we still felt like we were competitive. And then we got Nomar in the trade and we were like, oh, this is great, you know. And so I was there as debut and all the Chicago fans, we all pretended to have fake Boston. Nomar, Nomar, we're yelling and. And, and just how it traditionally was for the Cubs, we got a guy that was kind of past his prime and never really did much. You know, there's a long list of Fred McGriffs and Nomar Garcia Paras and those type of guys that we get when they're pretty much tapped out. Yeah, that, that part of it's always tough. I mean, Nomar with the Cubs. So he gets dealt to you guys in 04. He hits 297 in 43 games. So not terrible. Right. 283 and 05. But yeah, I mean, he had kind of a resurgence, a resurgence rather with the Dodgers. I yeah. remember he had uh, an all-star year in 06 after he goes to L.A. So that I get it from your perspective of like we thought we're getting a star and then it's a guy that can be banged up and was sadly on the tail end of his productive years. He, he tore a groin and, yeah. and and that really affected him, obviously. So it just we just didn't the most we really kind of got out of Nomar was we had Mia Hamm sing the, uh, the seventh <laughs> inning stretch a couple times. <laughs> that's a that's a big win right there. Hey, and it's sold jerseys. Still, still killing it. Yeah, I know. I sure, know. ownership was happy about that. Yeah, you know, you yeah. see, yeah. <laughs> you see the fans still come. I still see a couple Nomar jerseys every now and then. Yeah, the Nomar jerseys. Seeing that at the park is always exciting for me. So I was gonna say this is now normally when we do the pitching matchups, but I'm looking at the Cubs and you got a <laughs> bunch of TBDs. So. Uh, well, well. I you think I didn't do my homework, Steve? All right. So yeah, let me let me do it like <laughs> we normally do it here. So. As always, it is now time for the pitching matchups. And for that, we toss it over to Joey Capone. Am I doing the full pitching preview? No, do I don't the, have do a, I don't have <laughs> everything ready. You told me I wasn't. All right, Crowley. Here, I know, let me, I let me know. fill I you in here. We do socks, guys. Yeah, we do a pitching preview every every uh, series preview that we do. Right. Yeah. And people love it. People DM us. They're emailing me. People are texting me. John saying, Henry's like, this is the greatest segment of all time. Yeah, I, I get DMs and say, this segment saved my life. <laughs> and I believe those people when they say it. Uh, but Steve told me, hey, don't we're just kind of going to go casual. Don't really, you know, don't really deep dive into stats. And then tosses it to me to do this preview. So we're not deep shooting diving, from Joey. the hip. We're not deep diving. We're not okay. deep diving. All right. Well, so these n names might be wrong. Um, this is judging off how the how the rotation has gone for the Cubs. Okay, so unless there's a major change that I'm not aware of, this is uh, the expected but unannounced starters. Uh, game one is going to be Rich Hill versus Adrian Sampson. Um, so Hill, to, to fill you in, Crawley, Hill has actually had a pretty solid June. He did struggle a little bit in May, uh, made five starts in June, uh, and leaves with a 3-0 ERA, uh, 26 strikeouts in 27 innings pitched. Uh, tell me about Adrian Sampson. Adrian Sampson is an interesting one. Uh, just to kind of give you guys some background on the Cubs season, we had a plan. And of course, it didn't go according to plan that you were we, we signed Marcus Stroman in the offseason. And so Kyle Hendricks has been our kind of steady ace, you would say. And then we had we signed three guys to be in the rotation. And that was Marcus Stroman, uh, Wade Miley and Drew Smiley. And pretty much all of those guys other than Kyle Hendricks have been injured. So 
When we talk about Wade Miley, he's made four starts. Strowman's made nine starts. And Drew Smiley's only made nine starts. We have a bunch of young studs, and they were supposed to be battling for that fifth starter spot. And that's where you get Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson. And there's another guy, Edward Alzali, who's been injured all season. So the, the plan was we had those five star, those four starters. One of the young guys was going to be the fifth starter, and then the other two were going to be those kind of piggyback guys that would do two to three innings. And with all these injuries, Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele have been our best pitchers really this whole year, but they just have pitched in the red series that we're currently in right now. Adrian Sampson has looked really good. He's kind of got an interesting history. He was drafted by the Pirates, got traded to Seattle. He made his debut against Boston in 2016. And Ooh. so he, but uh, he was relieving for an injured Wade Miley, go figure. And so he ends up kind of in this weird path, but he ends up in Chicago and he's been doing pretty solid for the Cubs right now. Uh, his last start, he gave up two runs in five innings, but I was actually, you know, when I, I was at the game and he didn't pitch bad, it was just, uh, he gave up two runs. It was a bloop double and a 37 mile per hour single that just flared out there where nobody was. They scored two runs that was against the Cardinals. So He's been doing really well, and and so so hoping you know he was called he was riding the Iowa shuttle to AAA back and forth, and so the last two outings he had one of them was a long relief, one of them was a start, looked really solid. So hoping for good things, but you know can't predict what's going to happen on this one. Right on. So uh, game two of the series is Josh Winkowski versus Alec Mills. Uh, Winkowski had three starts in June, walks away with a two one two ERA in seventeen innings pitched. Uh, I did look up a little bit of Alec Mills because it was a name that uh, was not too familiar with. Uh, he's he's struggling, huh? So four his four seamers getting hit uh, at a three thirteen clip, and his fastball tops out at eighty nine miles an hour. Oof. Yeah, the Cubs kind of do really well. They they pick up they've cornered the market on guys that throw ninety mile per hour fastballs. <laughs> so with uh, Alec Mills, he actually threw a new no hitter against uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, so that was a couple years back, but Alec Mills, uh, was a potential fifth starter for us this year. He ended up having a back injury. And then while he was coming back from that, he had a quad injury. So he hasn't had a lot of starts this season. He's a deceptive pitcher and, uh, the Cubs like to use him as a Swiss army knife. So sometimes he'll take a step spot start. Sometimes he'll, he'll, if a, if a starter gets knocked out in the second, he'll, he'll give you three, four innings. Uh, so he, he gets used for a lot of different things. He's just not somebody that you want to be a consistent starter. He, he works best, like I said, in that Swiss Army role is what David Ross likes to use him in. Mm -hmm. And then uh, game three of this series is this one technically is uh, a double TBD. Neither of these guys are officially announced. So these are a little bit of guesswork here. Uh, it's Connor Siebold and Keegan Thompson. So uh, a showdown of aces here. Seabold uh, yeah. uh, spent most of this year in AAA, made 11 starts at 209 ERA down there, uh, just made his first major league start of the year in Toronto. He went four and two-thirds with seven strikeouts and uh, <coughs> um, seven earned runs and three home runs. Um, <laughs> yeah, but David Price said he was great. And so. David Price did text Alex Cora and say, this guy looks good, which – Honestly, we didn't talk about it, but that sounds sarcastic, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he had he definitely he missed some bats, but 
at the same time, it's like the, the guy gave up seven runs and nine hits, and it's it's like, okay, David, yeah. maybe save that text. Yeah, are you be are you digging right now? Like, yeah, say, hey, nice job. That guy looks great. That guy looks great. Yeah, um, nice prospect you got there. Uh, but Keenan, I mean Keegan Thompson, who is this fella? Tell us about it. Well, Keegan, Keegan is a really, really, he's been our most dependable and solid pitcher so far this year. Uh, like I said, his, when he first started, when, when we had everybody for the most part, other than uh, Wade Miley in the rotation, he would come in and take three or four innings and he was absolutely lights out. And they basically asked him, Hey, you know, we need you to start because of the situation. So he wasn't stretched out. So started, you know, three innings here, started going four innings. What you're going to see with Keegan is that, you know, once he, you know, last game he pitched, he did really well. He gave up two runs. I was at the game. It was on, uh, what was it, Tuesday night versus Cincinnati. I just saw him pitch at Wrigley. And he looked really good. He gave up two runs in the sixth. But kind of you could see he was throwing some wild pitches, kind of running out of gas. Uh, David Ross tried to extend him one more inning. And so he got charged with a couple runs. But we have an awful guy in the bullpen right now in Rowan Wick. I don't know why Ross called him in. And so uh, two of the runs that he was charged with in his last start really was off a home run, home run that Jonathan India hit. But uh, he, he's a great pitcher. He, he has a reliever's mentality. He's, he'll go at you with the fastball. And his secondary pitches are really kind of starting to come along. It's just a matter of he, he wasn't stretched out to be a starter. So you'll, if you can, you know, have long at bats, if you can, you know, he, he struggles once he starts getting into that sixth inning, you know, I think he went 6.1 last, last start and that was the career high for him. So just normally a bullpen guy that's, that's morphed into a starter just out of necessity, but uh, Cup fans have a lot of uh, with the two guys that I told you, Justin Steele or Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele, and you guys will see Keegan. That's been giving Cub fans um, some hope because we that was the biggest problem in the Theo era is that they never developed any homegrown pitching. We had all sorts of hitters come up, but we could not develop pitching whether in the bullpen or as starters for that whole run, and that ended up costing them because they had to constantly keep trading farm pieces, whether it was Glabar Torres. Or or other other guys to try to get those pieces that they didn't have in the farm system that could pitch. Love that. I've never felt more prepared for a pitching preview here than we have right now. Joey does an amazing job, but naturally we're not fans of the other teams. We don't have all the ins and outs of the other teams. Um, but that is that is wonderful. Joey, was there anything else to add to the pitching matchups? I think that'll do it for that. Yeah, that's it three games what if imagine if keenan thompson was pitching for the cubs i, I know you almost said that I, there. yeah no i liked our chances more <laughs> when i thought it was retired snl star keenan thompson on the mound well is he done with snl yet is that is that confirmed he's he got to right he i, I think otherwise he's, he's been there for 25 years i hope he's still going i love keenan all the way back to the nickelodeon days but that would be hilarious if it's like a season's kind of getting away from you and it's like we're gonna have a celebrity pitch today like who cares we're gonna throw him out there and just see what happens i'd be a fan of that yeah bill murray in game three of the series <laughs> yeah why not who says no um, bill murray versus mark Wahlberg. Sure. Yeah. Oh my God. Go. Ratings, dude. Are you kidding me? Ooh. Put that on Fox. Would you yeah, say, so, would you say he's your biggest celebrity fan, Mark Wahlberg? Who would you say is the biggest celebrity fan uh, when it comes to Boston fans? I don't even know. I mean, all of the, there's so many of those Boston guys, but I don't ever believe them when they're at a game. I think like I believe no. Ben Affleck when I see him, but I mean, I don't know if the Sox are, I think the Sox are his big team, right? I think Ben used to care more. And then he started doing more movies and he's like, I just don't have the time to watch these games. I, I cause yeah. they, I remember him in 
uh, Ben Affleck and uh, and Matt, Matt Damon, Damon were at the clincher in L.A. And they're doing something with Jimmy Kimmel and they had shirts on that said like he's was stupid. I'm like, guys, this is a clincher for the World Series. This isn't a great time to be doing bits like let's <laughs> care a little bit more. But in terms of I mean, Lil Wayne cares a lot about the Red Sox. He's a legit Red Sox fan. I think he actually really actually follows the team. Outside of that, it's not like there's a lot of obvious ones. Mark Wahlberg will show up for some big games. But more of like a hey, you know, Maki Mox over, like give me, give me some attention over here. It's not, I don't think he knows, you know, all that much about Alex Verdugo. So it, it's, mm. I don't think we really have like Bill Murray oh. is such a diehard. I don't, we don't have that. I don't think. Yeah, got Bill, Bill Burr. Burr. Sorry, Bill, Bill Burr. Yeah, Bill, Bill, Bill Burr has been a good. lot yeah, this yeah. year. Yeah, he, yeah, he's hilarious. I love him. He's the man, dude. He's so funny, I, and I know part of that is because he's promoting a uh, comedy special he has at Fenway in August. But he yeah. is just. In terms of like guaranteed to laugh, Bill Burr is up there in in those power rankings. Uh, this time of the show is always dedicated to series predictions. And Crawley, if you don't have one, you can just make one up. We normally pick like one thing or a guy that we hope to click, and we kind of roll with that. I'll start it off just real fast here. I think it's JD's time, JD Martinez's time to turn it up. He has been his last eleven games. He's hitting one thirty six. He's got an OPS of three seventy nine. That's what his batting average was earlier in the year. Uh, it's been a tough go. No home runs, only one extra base hit in that span. He did get hit by a pitch, and that drove in a run, so that was nice uh, against the Blue Jays there on Wednesday. But it feels like J.D. is never slumping that long, and when it's been 11 games, that's very long for him, so I'm ready for him to to click out of that, maybe have a couple of homers. That What's the street, by the way, Crawley? What are the, what are the streets past the seats so you got waveland on the left field side and sheffield okay. on the right field side waveland i got sheffield. jd hitting one to waveland that's what i got him doing i'm a chicago guy hey get me uh deep dish pizza whoa so I, are you a native dude that sounds good <laughs> that sounds that's good exactly that's what a good sound like um but yeah crawley what do you got for a prediction uh before we head to joey Oh boy. Um, I'm, I, I, as a fan, I want to say two out of three, but I'm going to try to be a realist here and go one out of three. I think they take the Keegan start on Sunday. Wilson Contreras, uh, the poor guy has been, you know, they were pretty much marching him out the door and he's our all-star. He's absolutely an all-star, but mm. take a look. I'm looking for Wilson Contreras to really kind of light it up. One other guy, Nico Horner, who is our shortstop and is having just an absolutely phenomenal season. Do you think real quick? Do you think Contreras is getting dealt at the deadline? I think so. I I, I think and and I can't even give you a really good reason. He's a guy that is a, a leader in the clubhouse. Uh, you see what his bat does. He absolutely destroys. He's he's a catcher. But now that we have the um, DH in the NL, there's no reason that you couldn't give him a with a JTL Real Muto type contract, a four or five hundred yeah. million. There's no reason you couldn't do that and 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 keep some sort of connection if he's gone. Now we're down to two players left from the 2016 team left. So it's it's frustrating. That's another thing for Cub fans is that you've taken everybody and we just want one damn thing and you can't give us Wilson Contreras. There's something to be said about having still some connection to that magic that happened in 2016. I feel we have that with Bogarts with 2013 where it's like you still have a guy from that 2013 team. And then obviously 18 is now dwindling too. I feel like there's only seven guys left from that team. So uh, totally hear you there. And for your sake, I hope I hope you guys re-sign him. But Joey, your serious predictions. Yeah, it's going to be a sweep. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do got a sock sweep. Sorry to say it. Um, two specific predictions, though. Uh, Verdugo is coming into the series with a 10-game hit streak. I think he leaves with a 13-game hit streak. Okay. 
and my other prediction is that Ian Happ hits a big double that maybe ties the game, and he looks like the most miserable any human has ever been <laughs> while he does it. Has that guy ever smiled, Crowley? <laughs> yeah, he, you know what? He he he's he's an interesting character. He he's very smart as far as marketing himself. And so he started something called uh, The Compound, which is his podcast, started mm -hmm. in 2020 when they were all kind of holed up together in Arizona with a couple other uh, younger Cubs prospects. And so he he does a ton of stuff, TV ads, and and really? and, and he has a, a, a coffee brand, Connect Roasters, that's kind of gotten big around here. He wow. even does, you know, so he does wow. a lot. So he does smile. He just kind of, he's just got like this weird personality, but it's quirky, I guess. Quirky would be the way I would put it. Yeah, it's weird. Every highlight I see of him is he's in a big moment and he's on second, just like. <laughs> mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Don't look at me. I'm, I'm look, telling look you right now, the one thing, like I said, Adrian Sampson to me is the wild card in the series. It's the difference, hmm. in my opinion, is a cub going one and three and two and three. This guy has really turned some heads his last couple outings. So that's. That's, like I said, I'm trying to be realist about here and just say I'd, I'd be happy with one. I know how good the, the Red Sox were. You guys got off to a slow start and, uh, you know, picked it up. It's going to be tough to catch the Yankees. But with all the extra, uh, you know, wild card spots, I'm sure you'll have a chance to get into the postseason. But it, it's going to be fun. I think it's, like I said, it's enjoyable. Two really fun fan bases that really get into it. And, and I think it's not a hated rivalry. You know no. what I mean? It's not like a Cubs mm -hmm. socks or shared misery, you know, Cubs away years. Sox. right. Yeah. We, we, understand each other. And so either way it goes, we're just going to drink some beers and have fun. That yeah, that's what, bummed. see, that's the thing I wanted to close with that. Just Wrigley field, just the vibes, like was able to go there in Oh five, went back again in 2019 when the Red Sox were playing the white Sox, which felt kind of rare by the way that the white Sox and the Cubs were in town at the same time. I feel like that doesn't happen that often, but I got to say, I love Fenway Park. Fenway is my favorite park. Obviously, we're biased. We grew up here. But Wrigley Field, the vibes are immaculate. You guys do an amazing job of regardless of what's going on on the field, you just seem like you're in a great mood and having beers and dogs and like everyone's talking and, and you know, it's just talking ball and like really caring about the people around you. And it's something I just don't see at other parks. I, I do want to know from your perspective what you think makes Wrigley different from everywhere else. It is a ballpark situated in the middle of a residential neighborhood. Yeah. So it has that very neighborly vibe. And as Cub fans, I would say that we, winters in Chicago are just absolutely miserable. <laughs> and we really, there's really winter and then a bunch of like, and then all of a sudden it goes winter to summer. It almost seems like there's no more spring or fall. So when we have a beautiful day out and you're at Chicago and you, and you head down there, you, you have so many memories of Wrigley Field as a Cub fan. You have bars everywhere, so everybody's kind of liquored up having fun. But you just it, it's it's the memories that 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 you have of, of your dad taking you and me now taking my son and my nieces and nephews. And a lot of the people you get to know over the years, like I said, season ticket holder for 20 years. I got to see, I know my beer vendors by name. I know that their kids went to college and now they're working summer jobs at Wrigley. Those type of things. That, that there's just a connection between everybody at the ballpark that we're, we're it, we've gone through so much suffering together that we've been through the wars. We got to see a world series, which was absolutely one of the most amazing moments I think in, in sports history. Mm -hmm. And so we just, we love being where we are. We love being in Chicago. There's no place we'd rather be. And Wrigley field is just like a little piece of baseball heaven. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, we we feel very similar with Fenway, and I think something about it being the same park you went to as a kid. It's that's a huge element of this. It's like this is the same park I've always gone to to watch my team. It's not the case for a lot of fans now. I feel like a lot of these teams, even the the Braves, come to mind of like they've had three stadiums in the last like twenty years. So it's I like the element of this is the same place we grew up going. I love this section. We used to sit here. We used to sit there. I, the vendor. I love that you know the beer. The beer guy's name and their kids and all that. That's that seems very like <laughs> Chicago. That, that seems very specific to you guys. Yeah, we got you know you got Rocco and you got Glenn. You got all these guys of that are, that have just been there forever. In fact, two of like two of the we have sports columnists and radio TV personalities that used to sell beer or peanuts at Wrigley Field. And I mean that's just how crazy it is. And and. And there's, like I said, a communal feeling. If you've ever had to pee in a trough, I mean, Oof. Uh, you, you get to know each other real well, you know? Yeah, that's a very specific to Wrigley thing. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, you want to talk but... about memories at the ballpark. <laughs> yeah, yeah that about one, core memories. That one jumps to the front. Yep. <laughs> that'll, that'll definitely I'm, get you. Yeah, I, I'm bummed we weren't able to make it work to, to get out to Wrigley this I year. I mean, for a bunch of reasons. Like, I, I mean, I've never been to Chicago in general, so wanted to see the town. Uh see uh see wrigley and i also i just had this stupid dad joke in my back pocket that i was so ready to drop and i've been so excited about for months about like oh i don't know about these newer ballparks uh, <laughs> uh and yeah just it was just a stupid joke but i've been wanting to make it <laughs> well, hey, found, may, maybe next year you guys yeah, you guys did uh you guys did renovations from boston we used the same company to redo wrigley field so it's going to look a lot better joey than what you remember it and and mm. the renovations there's one a couple things that i dislike but in general it's a lot the amenities and stuff are a lot nicer the and, and, and i think it's contributed to the vibe a little bit um and so I really want you guys to come out. I'm going to take you out and show you what, uh, you know, how, what it's like. Some of the good bars. I'll take you to a rooftop. Oh, uh, we need this. I'm yeah. now I'm more upset. We're not there this week. <laughs> Let's go. Damn Let's it. just go. Let's, Let's just go, go. tonight. <laughs> oh, God. We're, we're going to do it right. When you guys come here, we're going to give you the full Wrigley experience. I mean, and, now I'm down to go when the Sox aren't even there. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm down for like Cubs Marlins. I don't give a damn at this yeah. point. But and, and we'll give you what we call the Chicago handshake, which is an old style oh. with a shot of Malor. Oh, okay. All right. That's I didn't know where that was going. So I'm like, okay, I can I can live with that. <laughs> I can live with that handshake. But uh, Carly, thanks for doing this, man. This was awesome. This is my favorite series preview we have ever done now. And ideally, we'll see what what the schedule is coming up here in the in the coming seasons. If it's next year at Wrigley, if it's 2024, whatever. But when it happens, I'm very excited for us to link up and let's just have fun this weekend. I don't really like if the Sox, I, I'm fine with you guys getting one just because like you're a cool dude and, and Cubs fans are awesome. I know sweep is all dandy, but the Sox are the first wildcard team. They're 13 behind the Yankees. You guys get one. We get two. Everyone can just kind of go home happy. I'm fine with that. As we say in Chicago, win or lose, we still booze. That's exactly Amen, the brother. vibe. Amen. That's exactly the vibe. Uh, next time you will hear from us. Actually, real quick, though. Uh, the your podcast fly the w where can people find that yeah we were with uh, odyssey and 2400 sports fly the w and you can follow us on twitter and instagram at fly the w 670 uh facebook fly the w and you can find me at crawley's cubs love that that is all phenomenal next you will hear from us we have an interview coming up with a former red sox world series champion very excited for that until then i am steve peralt that's joey caponi that is crawley we will talk to you later